Yeah, here's the spoiler alert. We're not talking a ton of Michigan, Washington on the show today because I got other stuff I want to talk about. And uh, Jordan, I don't, I don't really want to talk about a game that Texas probably should be playing in. Uh, had some things gone differently last Monday, and I'd be broadcasting from Houston right now. So I don't think I want to talk too much Michigan, Washington today. Plus, we got a full plate uh, of stuff, man. You just got back from the All American Bowl. First off, good to have you back after a week. Yeah, ha- happy to be back. Happy to be back in Austin and not in San Antonio anymore and in my own bed and everything. Did you get some did you get some churros while you're down there? Uh no churros. Um man, I forgot the place we went. Uh it wasn't Palenque or Palenque, but it's a place Mike and Gabe go to every year and they took us all out there. It was only like 5 minutes from the hotel, but they had us in a new hotel this year. They used to uh, keep us at the Grand Hyatt, mm-hmm. like right downtown by the Alamo Dome. But apparently this year, some convention came along and booked all those hotels. So they had us out at the Hill Country Hyatt, like 20, 25 minutes from the Alamo Dome, which sucked. Like having to drive every day, oh, God, but man. vibes are much better. It was like a whole like resort. It wasn't like, yeah. it's not like a hotel. It's more of a resort on like land and stuff. And yeah. it makes it a lot harder for the kids to go out and do stupid stuff, like get hit by cars on scooters. Man, hey, it, so. I don't. I didn't pay attention. If nobody got sent home from the Alamo Bowl this year, there were no Oklahoma or Arizona players that got suspended during the week and got sent home. It might be the first time that's happened at the Alamo Bowl in, in a long-ass time because every year, man, those teams stay on a river walk. By the way, the river walk, in my opinion, is the most overrated tourist attraction in the state of Texas. It, it pans yeah. down. Like, there's not even – I can't even tell you what's a close second – somebody's going to go out to one of the bars, stay out late, do something they're not supposed to. Somebody's asked from one of the two teams is getting sent home. Like, that's a given. I almost wish I could – dude, if I if I bet, Jordan, if I was a gambling man, I could prop bet that, dude. I would I would take the over. Wherever they're going to set Alamo Bowl week suspensions, I'm taking the over just because somebody's going to get into something. But I digress. Um, now, good week for you at the All-American Bowl. I uh, definitely want to thank, again, Chris Dukes and Eric Henry. I want to thank those guys. They were awesome. Thank them for everything they did to their bodies last week so we could get this show on the air. Um, Jordan, I got some stuff. I'm not going to lie, man. I'm in, I'm in kind of a salty mood today. So I got some stuff that just is just grinding. Peter Griffin It's grinding my gears. Um, I do want to start off, though, real quick. Give me... One or two things top of mind for you coming off of All-American Bowl Week, whether it's a 2025 or 26 prospect, anything Trey Owens, Ryan Wingo related. I don't know if you got to see Michael Kern punt at all during the week because let's be honest, man, I, this is no shot at Michael Kern, but Justin Tucker and some other guys have been there. All-American Bowl Week for specialists, it's like pretty much grab-ass week is pretty much what you're down there to do. You're down yeah. there to rock the jersey, do what you need to do in the game, but during practice, it's it's grab-ass 101 is what you're majoring in. Any Anything top of mind for you really sticks out, though, coming off All-American Bowl? Uh, not really with the with the 2024s. Um, Trey Owens, I'm not going to lie, he played a lot better. Or not, not a lot better. He played better than I thought he would throughout the week. Um, you know, I knew he was good, but I, I've always looked at him kind of because, I mean, you, you have to – when I when I try to look at kids and, I guess, evaluate them, I always try to think like, okay, what's his situation going to be in college? Right. Um, yeah. Trey Owens knows he's going to have to sit two or three years if he wants to play at Texas. He knows that. 
Um, so I've always kind of looked at him as more of a long-term guy. But, man, like getting to be with those guys for a whole week in practice and, like, be on the field during practice, like, he's, he just made some throws that I didn't think he could make. And, um, nice. you know, props to him for that. I don't want to speak for the scouting team. We have him as an unranked four-star right now. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up, you know, at the back back end of the top two four seven after this week. But again, you know, I don't want to speak for the scouting staff. I don't know how they feel, but that that's just my opinion. Um, but you know, besides that, there wasn't really anything with the twenty fours that surprised me. Um, hey, real quick on Trey Owens though, mm-hmm. just looking at some of the photos, some of the measurements, his body structure is more impressive than I probably initially gave him credit for. Like yeah. he. What what did he weigh in at? Was it like in the low two hundreds? Um, so he used to be about two hundred five. Um, and I was actually working the height and weight station for a check-in day, and uh, he when he was getting on the scale, he's like, I put on some weight and was smiling, and he was two thirty eight. Um, so damn, not all that is good weight if I'm being honest. No. Like he, he still has a little bit of a stomach that he's always had, but I mean, again, he's got a long time before he has to play UT, so. Um, you know, Tory Beckton and everyone in the strength staff will get him right before before his time comes. I'm he he good could about be, that. yeah, because that's what I was thinking. Like looking at his frame, dude, he could be like a good rock solid, like like two thirty, and yeah. just be a dude that can just, you know, for lack of a better term, right now I don't have my scouting cap on, but a dude that looks like he can, quite frankly, rip the piss out of the football. Like that's. That's what that's that's the kind of guy Sark is going to recruit, man. Like like different coaches based on what they they how they want their offense to function, they're going to recruit their guys. Like Tom Herman wanted dudes that had a little toughness to them, a little bit of edge, could run a little bit. That's why some guys didn't really fit. That's why like it, it's really weird to think like, okay, how did Quinn Ewers fit into that equation for Tom Herman? Then I guess you're just taking the talent. But dude, Sark and AJ Milby, like they want dudes that can you know five step drop and just like just rip the piss out of the football. So that's. That's what they got with Trey Owens, Jordan. So good on them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you like that? You, you should tell Ivans and Gabe and, and Hudson to actually put that on like a like a questionnaire for quarterbacks at the at the combine check in next year <laughs> or like whenever they go. Like question number one: Can you throw can you, piss missiles? Can, question can, mark. Yeah, can you rip the piss out of the football? Yes or no? Yeah. Circle yeah. one. Yeah, no kid. Kids would figure out a way to mess that up. The amount of like kids. Well, that's that, a quarterback. That's a quarterback. I walk is like, dude. That means you're overthinking. You're all, you're eliminated next. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, you know, not, there wasn't the the combine is more loaded on paper than it has been in past years, but um, it's still. I mean, it's a national event. It's it takes place in San Antonio, but it's kids from all over and. Only a handful of kids for Texas, like, for, if I'm being honest, like Tiki Hola, 2026, Bastrop D. Lineman, he was there. Um, Jabari Mack, who's a 2026 uh, receiver from Desterhan in Louisiana, he was there. Uh, Floyd Gidry was there. Um, outside of that, I can't really think of any of the guys that had offers that were there. It's just, you know, it's mostly an event for a lot of these guys that don't have any offers or exposure yet to kind of gain that or start the traction for that. So, yeah. By the way, Jordan, um, hmm. can you tell me? Probably there might be one, but maybe the most famous alum to play football at Destrehan High School in Louisiana in the Greater New Orleans area is that Justin Jefferson School? Uh, I was thinking oh, that would be more Ed, Edward Reed would be probably oh, the yeah, most famous that's right. of Destran. Destran, yeah. 
That's you know who you know who happened to coach at Destin Hand from 2003 to 2006? Who would that be? Terry Joseph. It's That's the second wild. second coaching stop uh, after he started. His first one was at uh, Archbishop Shaw, where I believe he actually went to high school. That's why. Uh... That's why you give him New Orleans, Greater New Orleans, as his era. Yeah, there's been some uh, Rondell Mealy uh, played at LSU as a Destrian guy. Uh, Ed Reed, like I just said, probably the most uh, most well known guy. Uh, I went down to Destrian. Jared, Jared Wilbon got Texas took in 2016. Jared Wilbon was a Destrian guy, so spent spent a little time over there. Um, anyway, so there's the combine. There's the. By the way, real quick, Tiki Holo. Very rarely, Antoine Davis was a movie, but very rarely in my lifetime of doing this, and we've been able to talk about a kid from Bastrop. Alfred Collins, Cedar Creek, well, people over in Bastrop County would tell you two very different parts of town, but seriously, a kid from Bastrop, and it sounds like Bo Davis already done some early leg work on this one. Yeah, yeah. so he uh, he actually debuted in our, in our 2026 rankings in uh, August. He's like our number 80 player or something like that, or 86. Um, interior D lineman from Bastrop. He, uh, he only holds about nine offers right now, but, I mean, like half of them are like UT, Tennessee, like Georgia. Like he, he's already got a lot of the big yeah. ones. Um, and, you know, it's early for him. He has two seasons left of high school, but, you know, the schools standing out right now are UT and Georgia. Um, I think Texas actually has a lead, if I'm being honest. Um, he likes how close it is to home. Um, you know, I don't want to stereotype, but uh, he's Polynesian and admitted how he is a huge family that's, you know, spread all over the Austin area. So mm-hmm. um, he highlighted, you know, how big of a deal it would be for him if, if he got to stay home and, and play in Austin. Because, you know, one of my, yeah, to Simon Rowe, he actually has a uh, developmental program now that he's working out of Bastrop. I, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, wasn't, uh, wasn't, wasn't Bam, wasn't Bernard Blake a Bastrop guy also? Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was Bastrop High. And it's funny, the the coach that was actually his head coach at Bastrop High, or no, it was the D.C. Um, Todd Babin? Yeah, he, he's now the head coach at Doe Valley. Um, Good dude, by the way, Todd Padman. Yeah, his, his son's a great prospect, too. His son's is 25, like, hybrid linebacker safety um, that I actually happened to find a few years ago. Well, his, but, other, uh, his other son, Tyler, Tyler played in the NFL for a yeah. minute with the Cowboys. I, I don't remember who else he might have got a cup of coffee with, but I know he, he was with the Cowboys for a minute. Yeah, he was. Um, but I guess back to back to Tiki. Uh, I think Texas is in a great spot right now. More offers are going to come his way because, again, he only is nine. Um, I'm not going to lie. He wasn't super impressive at the, at the combine. Um, but at the same time, like, man, so many of these – kids when when they're young and they go to the combine or showcase and don't perform well like i always tell myself like i mean tiki hola doesn't have anyone teaching them how to swim move and you know in, in five on five and in t-shirts yeah. you know what i mean like he 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 doesn't have that um but you know raw power he is he has it and you can't coach it so that's a big part of his early offers he's also started for two years already at Bastrop, which for those who don't know is a 5A D1 program. So third highest classification you can play in public school Texas ball. Um, and the the Bastrop staff, actually about half the Bastrop staff happened to coach me at Lake Travis um, whenever I was growing up. And and they, they speak very highly of him. Um, and nice. 
talking to him, uh, interviewing him, interviewed him about five minutes and talked to him off the record, probably about 10 minutes. Just really, really good kid. Uh, really liked the kid and excited to uh, get out to Bastrop to see him and my former coaches. They actually happened to have a, uh, a 2027 quarterback named Weston Nielsen that I thought about including in the Stampede, but I didn't end up including him. Um, but I think Weston Nielsen might be the first quarter. I, I think he could be the first quarterback since um, Kay Klumnik to come out of the Austin area that actually gets a legit look by Texas. Nice. Um, nice. Klumnik was 2022. This kid's a 2027. So it's been a, it's been a big gap. Um, 23. There wasn't really anyone in the Austin area. They also obviously got Arch. Um, Novasad is the only guy, but, you know, as much as a fan of Novasad as I was, he never really fit what Sark looked like in quarterbacks, even if we took Arch Manning out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Um, right. 25, there's no one in the city that has a Texas offer, regardless of any position in 25. And then in 26, the only guys are Tiki Hola with offers. You um, think, uh, real quick, I don't want to belabor the point too much, you think Will Hammond was worthy of a Texas offer? Like if they really did, if, if Sark and um, AJ really did their, their scouting work on that? I was just I was impressed with what I didn't see a ton of him. You saw way more of him than yeah, I did. So, but so so Will this is actually a funny story. So Will actually played seven on seven with uh, the the program I work with, Juice. Um so I got to see him more than probably anyone. Um mm-hmm. and he got his tech offer in a camp going into yeah, going into his junior season. Mm-hmm. And when he got it. You know, us in the group chat were like, wow, that, that's good for Will. But, you know, we kind of thought it was really early. Um, we thought he could be really good. But, you know, he – it's like a switch was flipped his junior year. Because yeah. um, he committed to Tech, like, right after his junior season. Like, right after his junior season. I don't it think was he early, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think he had any other offers. And whenever I found out he was actually committing to Tech, I – I texted a coach at Baylor who liked him a lot, and he was like, really, they're going to take him now? And, you know, I talked to some other people that had also seen him in their 707 program, and a lot of them were also like, wow, like Tech's taking him right now. And we were all kind of like, I mean, I guess, you know, we're going to see how this gamble pays off. And then he went on to throw like 100 touchdowns this season and and all that. Um, so great job by, Steck, or by, by Tech and, and Delete seeing – what they saw early on and believing in him and following through with it. Cause not a lot right. of schools have, have that confidence in themselves and their scouting team to be able to bet on a prospect like that, especially at a position like quarterback where you can really only take one every year. Right. Um, right. And so, to your point though, to your point about the 2023 quarterbacks, mm-hmm. um, I don't know that any, any, any other quarterbacks would have gotten a long look at Texas because if Texas in an alternate universe, if Texas misses on arch, there's a decent chance Dylan Rayola is the quarterback tech for Texas in 2024. I know they yeah. were Dylan and his family. They were, and L Mike was on, Mike Roach was on with us right before signing day talking about it. Like the Rayolas were fired up about Sark and everything he does with quarterbacks and they liked it. But the men in arch committed, it's like, well, okay, who else are we looking at now? So it's, yeah, they, they understood, they kind of understood the deal. That's where they were with Texas. 
Yeah, and if, if it wasn't Rola, it probably would have been Sane, who ended up Alabama. Exactly. Uh, There's another one like Texas. Hey, Texas lost out on two really good quarterbacks, Julian Sane and Dylan Rayola. But, dude, you ended up with Arch Manning. You can't, yeah. you, it's hard, you can't to, complain it's hard to about that. And, dude, to your point, like what we were talking about earlier, man, I, I feel not j- along with the numbers that he put up as a senior. Uh, Jeff Miller, the head coach of Cy Fair, is a guy that I've known a long time. Know, know what he demands of his quarterbacks. Uh, kind of the the mental toughness you got to have to play for him and lead that offense. So it's all that stuff with Trey Owens on top of the fact that the measurables were, you were there, Jordan, and you've been around Trey, but compared to what I was expecting, the measurables to me are off the charts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is like the laziest comp you could have, but he's literally Mac Jones. <laughs> like he's he's Mac Jones, where – you know, Mac Jones is obviously ranked higher than he was, but they're both four-star white pocket-passing quarterbacks that, you know, none of the fan base was excited about when they committed. They're like, let's just be honest, right? Yeah. It's like, and oh, good, a quarterback. All right, cool. Exactly. Mac Jones made the most of the situation and, like, kept his head down and ended up going number 10 overall or number 12 overall, whatever he went to the Patriots originally out of Alabama after only starting one season, you know, it was a one season, right? It was yeah, one, it was one season. season. The, yeah. the fun, the funniest picture though, is I think it's, I don't remember if it was after the SEC championship game or the national championship game, but that picture, that Alabama picture in the locker room where they're standing around smoking cigars and it's like yeah. Najee Harris, a couple of the guys and Mac Jones. It's like, there's a bunch of dudes that ended up being first round picks to that picture. I'm like, all right, which one of these things is not like the other. Cause like Mac Jones, Mac Jones, from a physical standpoint, like dude looks yeah. like a six foot three major apple white. Like he's kind of pudgy, and yeah. dude looks like he's about you know like a ten year old kid playing football, trying to put the uniform on. Just doesn't look right. But no, I I totally get what you're saying. I want to talk about the from a Texas standpoint though, because we did have man, the news just will not stop over the weekend, man, with the Texas that portal deadline uh, coming and going for Texas. They got five days after the end of their season. For guys to decide whether they want to to go into the portal or not, which Jordan, I'm gonna be let me be on let me be out front right here. This is kind of where some of my saltiness comes in today. It's portal stuff, not with anybody any decisions that have been made. But like the Juan Davis thing, nothing Juan Davis did. Juan Davis thing kind of pisses me off, just because he goes into the portal, and then seriously, like ten minutes later, it according to portal sources, it shows no, he's withdrawn from the portal. And everybody that was waiting for that, oh, I thought I thought Sark said if you went into the portal, you couldn't come back. If you went into the you go into the portal, we're not going to play that game. Like people, like reach down until you feel your head of hair, pull till you hear a pop, and remove your head from your rectum, and understand that context is a very very important thing to have here. What Sark is talking about is they're not going to be held hostage by somebody that wants to use the transfer portal for leverage. In other words. If Jordan is my starting tight end, right, and Jordan goes into the transfer portal, he puts his name in the portal and says, hey, if you want to pull my name out of the portal, that's going to cost you twenty five grand." At that point, Sark and Jeff Banks and anybody else that has a say-so would probably tell you, guess what, go get your twenty five grand somewhere else. That's the game they're not going to play. The Juan Davis thing could have been anything from a clerical error to a legit change of heart, whatever it is. That's not what we're talking about when Sark says, if you put your name in the portal and come back, we're not going to play that game. The first thing I'm talking about is what they're not going to do. And no coach in their right mind would want to do that. 
where a guy goes into the transfer portal and uses it as leverage. Which Jordan, honestly, we've heard over the years. And look, there's we can name names at this point. Like we heard about that with Xavier Worthy. I heard about that at one point. Uh, there were schools coming after Jade Barron where Jade might have entered his name into the portal, but he never did. Guys, very rarely do you see a guy actually enter the portal for leverage, but the, the carrot of possibly entering the portal, hell yeah, that's been used for leverage. And if you're a guy that has that kind of leverage, why wouldn't you use it? It's just once you cross that line and then go into the portal and then decide, hey, yeah, now if you want me to pay me, no. Go, whether it's the NFL draft or somewhere else, go get your money somewhere else because that's the game Sark and those guys are not going to play, nor should they. Yeah, and even like, Jeff, you know who my source for Cam Ward is. The people watching this obviously don't. Um, yeah. That draft, the NFL draft decision was <laughs> had very much a lot to do with NIL money, not not the whatever they said. Um, same thing there. Like, did Cam leverage, Ward, did Cam leverage Ward see where he was on Mel Kuyper's big board and suddenly have a change of heart? Yeah, no, um, I don't know, like, lever they need to figure something out with NIL. I know we say this, like, once a week, but, like, regulating it or whatever. I'm, I, you can't put a cap on it because you can't tell someone how much money they can make. You, like, I don't think that's the right way to do it. Um, but, like, they're, uh, it, it's just, it, I don't, how do you govern that? You know, how, how do you govern it? Because, like you have coaches like the the Florida linebacker coach who waited until the day after the signing period closed to yeah. announce he was going to A and M. You know stuff like that. Like that still happens all the time. It still happens all the time. So all these coaches are bitching and moaning about players having leverage and threatening them, hold them out for more money so they can go in the portal. Like if coach has not been leaving for years. Yeah, it, it, the the player thing to me is kind of like. Um... It's kind of like a married couple. If if you threaten divorce, that's one thing. But this it's a very different world between threatening it or suggesting it in, in a heated argument to like actually going and filing the papers and getting ready to serve your significant other with divorce papers. Like the other thing is walking right up to the line without crossing over, serving the other person with divorce papers. That is, you're beyond the point of no return at that point. That's what entering the portal is at that point. So yeah, yeah it's out of control. The only thing that's going to change it, Jordan, to be honest, like there's no point in talking about the NCAA doing anything. Like we're, we're way beyond that. Like toothpaste is out of the tube on that deal. It's going to take uh, the power conferences, however many there are at this point or will be down the road. It's going to take those 64-ish odd schools basically football breaking off. Like I love Chip Kelly's idea. I don't know why, you know, I know why people won't do it because it makes too much sense, but whatever the number ends up being those schools breaking off. And then you've got like a commissioner, you've got, you know, rules and things like that. It's just like, there are things you can't do in the NFL. You can't tamper. You've got to fit within a salary cap. I don't know if you'll ever have a salary cap for college football in an NIL world, but at least give it some semblance of structure to your point there's no semblance of structure with NIL right now. It's just, you know, ready, shoot, aim is the approach with NIL right now because nobody really knows what to do. Nobody knows who is the judge, the jury, or the executioner on this deal. Is it the states? Is it the, it's sure as hell not the NCAA? Is it the conferences? Uh, is it this 
soon to be possibly governing body over big time college football. I don't know, and I don't think anybody else does either. Yeah, and one thing that was I found really interesting that I guess while we're on the topic of the portal, I feel like is worth saying is, dude, in San Antonio over the weekend or over the 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 course of the week for All American Bowl, you run into a, a a lot of people who work in the NIL space or the sports marketing space. Um, and, you know, every year you ask them, like, who are you trying to represent in this game or who do you have in this game, woo to woo stuff like that, right? Man, like nine out of ten guys I talk to are like, <laughs> I, I don't have anyone. I'm on portal now. Like, I only work in the portal now. And I'm like, what? Like, you don't want anyone in high school, like out of high school, even these five-star guys who are going to play in the NFL one day, you don't want to talk to them to think about maybe representing them. They're like, no, dude, I'm only portal. That's where all the money is in the portal. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, because they're oh. still getting their 15% off the high school deal, off a portal deal. But in terms of the money that's getting paid to the actual player, the portal is 10x what it is for high school. Because hey, you've already proven you? you can play. Can I ask you a question? I feel like... I feel like we should have transfer. I feel like we should have NIL for dummies. Like one question, and we need to get like, I don't know. There's a tax service or somebody out there that wants to sponsor this. Go ahead and hit us up. Hit us. Hit up Texas Sports Unfiltered. Hit up BK. We make this happen. But Jordan, here's my NIL for dummies question for you today. I know this is taxable income for these guys. Is the fact that it is not straight up pay for play? Because like in the NFL. If you're a salary, if you're if you're making a salary, whether you're making the rookie minimum or you're, you know, you're Patrick Mahomes, wherever you play, you have to pay taxes to that state, right? Because your game check is coming from that state. I'm guessing the fact that it's not, it is not strictly a pay-for-play deal. That's not what it's called. Is that what is that's what's preventing guys that make NIL money from having to do that same stuff in terms of taxes? That that's the one thing that I worry about, honestly, with the NIL stuff. And it's it's really weird that this is like the the one area where I'm really concerned. But that I know this income is taxable, but like somebody's going to end up getting themselves in trouble by not with the IRS, by, with yeah. the IRS or states or what, whoever it is, because you didn't give somebody their cut, their share of it, of your taxable yeah. income. Yeah, and like not only that, uh, there's also going to be like. Dude, this is like it it pisses me off so much. Like boils my blood. Um, just because I know I have so many connections in the actual professional sports marketing world where I know how these guys need to work and how these kids need to be treated. The amount of guys like who have no experience in NIL and are just good with the camera. Or just the player's uncle or the cousin, yeah. or he coaches at his high school, or he's his trainer. These guys don't know their dick from their ass when it comes to NIL and marketing. <laughs> they don't. They don't. And it screws <laughs> over the kid at the end of the day because think about all the opportunities the kid misses out on. And like, have we seen? A lot of people have seen it. Have y'all seen the broke thirty for thirty documentary? Yeah. Like it's gonna, it's just gonna start four years earlier in in in, in college now. Because a lot of these guys just have their buddy managing their money or whatever. Like, I, I hate it, dude. Like, I'm, I, I just, I hate, I hate anything that's taking advantage of kids. And like, there's so much of that in, in the NIL world. And these sharks just coming in once they see 
this kid has 20 offers or whatever and trying to manage their recruitment too and become a handler like that shit pisses me off and i can't stand those guys and those guys are really going to screw over some kids when it comes to taxes because a lot of them don't even know like that you need a media credential to be able to be on a field for a game so (laughs) like coming to taxes for nil deals hell no they don't know how to figure that out like I mean, I don't, but I'm not out here trying to represent players, you know? So. Yeah, it, it's the crapshoot, too. Like, you know, this is the deal like Vince Young got himself in trouble with with Major Adams and probably a bunch of people that, granted, and I'm talking about, like, the, the, the stuff that everybody knows, like not trusting somebody that you probably, you probably should have hired somebody that's used to dealing, especially at the time where there was no rookie wage scale, hiring somebody that's used to negotiating a rookie signing bonus and a contract for a quarterback picked in the top three in the draft. Like you look, go back and look at Ricky Williams first contract. Like when Ricky got with master P and Leland Hardy's doing the deal, it was one of the worst contracts anybody's ever signed. Like I understand Ricky's heart was in the right place. He needed a season pro and look, lo and behold, Ricky ends up getting with, I think Lee Steinberg was Ricky's agent. And yeah, there's a guy that knows what he's doing. There's a guy that's negotiated dozens and does a hundreds of contracts. So, but that's kind of where you're at. Like these dudes, these dudes in the portal or whatever, these high school kids, they're not getting a representation from Lee Steinberg. That's why when I hear stuff like, like I know the first year of NIL when, when Bijan was starting to get some of his NIL deals, like, you know, like if you looked at the Texas roster at the time, you're like, okay, yeah, he's going to have a lot of NIL stuff to go through. But when I heard that David Mulligetto was helping manage his affairs, I'm like, He's gonna, he's gonna have, he's got his stuff together. Like I don't worry about Bijan being. And I think who did he end up signing with? I can't remember the top of my head. It wasn't David Mulgetta. Um, damn, who's Bijan's agent? I forget who Bijan's agent is. Um, yeah, I was gonna say because I believe he ended up actually uh, dropping Mulgetta during his time at Texas. That's another thing. Being an NIL guy sucks because these players, like, yes, they sign contracts to the agents. But they can back out of it anytime. Yeah. Like for example, we know all we all of us know well about uh, Xavier Worthy, and I don't know. Maybe I guess you could say a bit of a flaky guy. He's had about a dozen NIL agents in his three years in Texas. <laughs> I'm serious. Nicole, yeah, uh, I've dude. <laughs> there is like they can drop him and go get a new guy. Some of them have two guys. Some of them will have two guys work for different agencies that work together on his NIL. I'm, it's it's a shit show. I'm gonna button my mouth on the Xavier Worthy stuff before I say something that's gonna get myself or somebody else in trouble. But yes, I I can confirm uh, the the nuanced the nuanced selection process of getting with. People in the financial realm. Yes, thank you, Daryl. Nicole, he's B. John signed with Clutch. I, was tr- I know it was, Nic- I was trying to think of the agent. Why could I not think of freaking Clutch Sports? It's like it's LeBron's freaking agency. Like, why could I not think of one of the biggest sports agencies on the planet? But I think we talked enough NIL and I kind of went down the tax rabbit hole a little bit and all that stuff. When we look, Jordan, at the guys that are coming back, the guys that are moving on, I'm not surprised by any of the guys. I'm not surprised. I haven't been surprised by any of these moves at all for Texas. The one where it was probably more wishful thinking on my part was thinking that does Jatavian Sanders really look at this and say, maybe I've got a chance to come back, be Quinn's number one guy, leave Texas as the most statistically prolific tight end in school history, 
solidify yourself as a first round pick. Uh, could Jatavian Sanders have come back? I, it would have made sense. He was the only one to me that it made sense for him to come back. But now that he's, you know, he's since announced that, you know, we reported this over the weekend, citing sources, and now all these guys have come out with statements. I don't know if A.D. Mitchell's made a statement yet, but uh, we reported this morning that he is expected to announce that he's going into the draft. Uh, am I wrong, man? J.T. was the only one that made – it was the only one that made sense if he would have come back. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, he obviously had a better, I think, statistical year last year compared to the, the 2023 season. Um, and I think the biggest thing that scouts probably want to see is getting better at blocking because, I mean, dude, I couldn't tell you the amount of times. Like, it, it's a Texas running play that got blew up for, like, a three-yard loss, and it's like they show the replay, and it's like, how the hell did they get in there? And it's like someone literally just like putting JT Sanders on his heels. Yeah. Um, he had a lot of moments like that, I felt like, this year where he, either it was effort or he's just simply not strong enough to push NFL tight ends. I mean, or push I think NFL. Too, Jordan, part of it too, you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because I I think he played probably most of the year on a bad ankle. Like yeah, he, yeah, like true, true. I, it's one of those deals. Like I appreciate his effort in the Oklahoma game. Somebody needed to save him from himself and be like, "I appreciate the effort, but you, you're, you're hurting us more than you're helping us right now by being on the field." And that's not yeah. a knock on him, but you could tell, dude. He to say he was at fifty percent the day of the OU game would have been generous. I mean, he, I, I was shocked that he played based on what we heard he did in practice that week, which was pretty much nothing. I, I was shocked he even tried to play, let alone played as many snaps as he ended up playing. Yeah. Um, Byron Murphy was the one I thought would return. Byron Murphy, uh, I hate to rain on your parade, but Byron Murphy was like the most obvious one for all of us. Um, yeah. Just because, so a lot of people actually don't know this. So he's been at Texas for three years. He actually is going to, he graduated. Um, I don't know if he's walked the stage yet, but. He walked, know, so he did, uh, he, he got permission to do, spring commencement last year okay. while he finished his degree in the fall. Yeah. Sweet. Probably because he was expecting this, not being necessarily being around for fall commencement. Yeah. 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 So, um, Byron went, he went to DeSoto high school, um, outside of Dallas and, um, DeSoto, DeSoto U, they always do this like Miami and they call it DeSoto U. A lot of people don't know why that actually is. It's because, um, give or take, I don't know, six, eight years ago, Whoever it is that can do this or whatever started crediting DeSoto as an early college where um, their high school students can take college courses. Uh, like, in, for example, we had this at Lake Travis High School. We would take ACC classes where I could have only three years left of college if mm -hmm. I did enough classes in high school where I could leave and basically have one year of college experience. That's what Byron Murphy did. Um, he got ahead of the game, took a bunch of college courses in high school. At DeSoto U, that's why it's called that little history lesson. And um, graduated, came to Texas basically like academically as a as a sophomore. He was a sophomore. Um, so he's actually able to graduate early. And whenever we wrote our story a month or two ago about the – it was our first time writing about the guys that have a chance to come back or not. We did percentages. I made a bunch of calls to a bunch of different sources, and every single one of them said, Byron Murphy's gone. Because he's graduated with school and he's not going to do another day of it. And then I that's, think, right, that, I think that's right how we after, do. Yeah, I think right after we released that, 
might have been a couple days or a week after is when he accepted his senior bowl invite. And yeah. it's like, all right, I don't know what else we can say at this point to spell this out for you. And it's like I told you, I told I, I, when because you, me, Chip, Hank, like we all had like group conversations about this based on like pool and sources and what we're talking about. And somebody brought up Byron Murphy. Like, well, could he? I don't remember who it was, but just kind of hypothetically, could he come back? I'm like, dude, Byron Murphy, whether he comes out this year or next year, he's still going to be a 6-1 defensive tackle. Like, yeah, that's that, not going to change. So, that too. you know, he, he might as well go ahead and cash the lottery ticket now coming off an All-American year where he's Big 12 Defensive Lineman of the Year. It helps Texas win a conference championship, get into the playoff, et cetera, et cetera. Might as well cash also, that thing now. There's also the thing, like, I'm not trying to discredit Byron Murphy, but so much of Byron Murphy's game is having Tavondre Sweat on the other side to – Take away, and it's also Tavondre can say that as well for having Byron on the other side. Yeah. But man, Tavondre's gone no matter what. If you're Byron and coming back, you don't know what the hell Alfred Collins is going to look like week to week. You have no clue. Um, Jamari Caldwell could possibly, you know, that could possibly be done in the next few hours. You don't know how he's going to do compared to Tavondre. Shoot, man, bro, have you lost me to Mark Vernon Broughton? Like, those have guys, you don't know how they're going to play compared to. Tavondre, and you're also yeah. going into the SEC. Like, there's a very high chance you have a worse year than you did the year before, and your stock plummets. That's what I said about Deshaun. There are a few guys. Byron Murphy's one of the few guys that, like, Vince was different because I think even Vince was coming back until he crossed the goal line on fourth and five against USC. But there's seriously only. A couple guys that I said, yeah, he he needs to go right now, doesn't need to come back, and I would disagree with him if he did come back. Byron Murphy's one because, like I said, he's a six-foot-plus six defensive tackle now next year or whenever. Deshaun Elliott in 2017, 2018, because he needed to cash the lottery ticket. Like, dude, you're not going to have another year where you have, you you know, you tie, you know, Nathan Vasher, Noble Dawson school record for single season interceptions. You're a Thorpe Award finalist. You're probably not going to repeat that the next year. So go ahead and cash the lottery ticket, take your chances. Dude, and the other one who I was floored that he came back was was Roy Williams, 2002 going into 2003. Jordan, you you get you want to have a fun game to get in the wayback machine for kind of a throwback game. Go pull up film January 1, 2003. This is 21 years ago. The Texas Cotton Bowl against LSU. It's the Roy Williams had probably the single greatest non-quarterback big game performance I've ever seen a Texas player have. Like on a field. And dude, that's a Nick Saban, Will Muschamp, LSU team. Jimbo Fisher was an assistant coach on that team. Like a bunch of dudes that went on to be college head coaches. The LSU won the national championship the next year. Like Marcus Spears. Uh, who else? Um Oh, Cat to play. Why can I not think of his name right now? Corey Webster, Cat that ended up playing for the Giants, helped him win a Super Bowl. Like LSU was loaded with future pros. Dude, Roy Williams was watching him towards that LSU defense was like, it's it would have been like if Garrett Wilson would have scrimmaged the Lake Travis JV. Like imagine what that would have looked like. But that yeah. was him doing that to LSU in yeah. the Cotton Bowl that day. Like it was, I was like, dude, there's no way he's coming back. Like it was. It was friggin' insane, and he came back, and you know, and it still ended up being the seventh pick in the draft. But I'm like, dude, he probably could have gone like in the top five, maybe even the top three, coming off of that, that friggin' Cotton Bowl, man. But those are the guys. Those are the guys. It was Deshaun Elliott, Roy Williams, and Byron Murphy are the three guys that I'm like, dude, go now, like just, just go, cash that. Yeah, there was, 
So there was actually a lot of, um, and Jeff, you know this, but there was actually a lot of buzz about Jonathan Brooks coming back. In fact, yeah. literally the week before his injury, I spoke to a source who told me that he had been telling people on the team that he wanted to come back for his, his last year at Texas because he wanted to leave Texas considered as like the greatest running back to ever go through Texas. Um, the source the way, told did, me did, that. Did, he, did, did, did JB, and I love JB, did he look and see how many yards he would have had to go on to catch Ricky Williams? He would have had to be Barry Sanders. And then some yeah, yeah, yeah. next year to catch Ricky. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was about a week or two before the injury is what I was told. Um, or when I was told that. Um, so, yeah. And whenever the person told me that, I was like, really? <laughs> like, like, hey, man, like, uh, as a guy who works in the Texas market, I'm all for them, you know, being good again next year. But, you know, for the sake of someone who wants what's best for Jonathan Brooks, like, yeah. He needs to fire whoever the hell's in charge of giving him advice. <laughs> dude, I remember. Because uh, they sucked. Dude, you remember, uh, obviously, uh, they did a good job, he, he declared. But yeah. I was like, man, if he came back, like that quite possibly might have been the worst financial decision I've ever seen in my life. Like it ended up it ended up being the wor- one of the worst slash best things because like the fact that Deontay Foreman was legit like entertaining coming back to Texas for his senior year. But the combination of Charlie Strong and Sterling Gilbert giving him 51 freaking carries in that Kansas game on top of the dad tweeting it on top of the fact that like Tom Herman, like basically like not paying it. Basically, Tom Herman was Tom Herman in his interview with Deontay where Deontay left that thinking like, well, this is what I was told is like, I guess this guy doesn't want me here. So, all right, I'll see you guys later. I'm off to the league, which ended up. It's ended up working out pretty well for him. He do Deontay Foreman's had a pretty friggin' remarkable career. Um, but you remember, like, and I'll, I, I'm sure he'll talk about it on his show today. But your Chip got one of those. We were talking about that with Ad Mitchell, where even Chip got one of those. It's like, why would he come? Like, why would Ad Mitchell come back? Like, there's he came. He, like he came to Texas under the auspices that this was a one and done deal. Yeah. Like outside of like you know some kind of Isaiah Nayer situation happening where you blow a knee out or something. But like, dude, he's, he did it. A.D. Mitchell, A.D. Mitchell did what he came to Texas to do. Like go get paid. Somebody on the board. This is another thing that was kind of like chapping my ass a little bit too, Jordan is people like, well, couldn't so-and-so benefit from another year? Yeah. All these guys, technically you could benefit from another year. Jatavian Sanders is the only one that I thought really had a decision to make, but somebody's like, Someone on the board was like, wait a minute, you mean Jordan Whittington could have used, had an extra year to use him? I'm like, yeah, he could have used his sixth year to come back, but there was no way he was ever going to do that. And I forgot what the response was. And I'm like, look, I'm like, Jordan Whittington gave everything he possibly could to Texas and then some in yeah. five years. Jordan Whittington gave more to Texas in five years than some people give to a cause in a lifetime. Like that's like Jordan Whittington, Jordan Whittington's body will never be the same. There's going to be a day when he's, in his fifties trying to play with his kids and the knee or the back or whatever, it like locks up on him and asking to be because of the God knows how many surgeries he went through. Like Jordan Whittington did that for you. Longhorn fans. He doesn't know you anything else. Let the man go on and live his life and earn a living doing this. If he can. Yeah. Um, the Charles Wright entering the portal was kind of interesting to me because it was okay. like, can now you wait to enter the portal. <laughs> can we get you know, a, like? I don't know if Wags or anybody's back there. Can we get a sad trombone? Because when I saw that, I'm like, oh, George, George yeah. is gonna be 
crushed when he finds out. He's got Rest in peace, Chucky left. <laughs> yeah, no. Let's get a new hashtag going on Twitter. People think he died. <laughs> Jeez, rip, we don't. We don't. Rip Chucky left. No, I'm playing. Sorry. You know what though? Here's here's the interesting thing about Charles Wright going to the portal. Remember, we had this conversation. I think you and I did. I know Chris and I did, and Eric and I did. There's always that that topic of do you get a quarterback as like an insurance policy? And if you do that, and the quarter any quarterback you recruit, like if Sark and AJ Milley went into the portal right now and tried to recruit a quarterback for insurance purposes. For them, it would kind of be like last year for women's basketball when Vic Schaefer went into the portal trying to recruit a backup point guard. Any point guard was like, why the hell am I going to go to Texas and sit behind Rory Harmon when she's going to play damn near every minute of every game? Like, it's stupid. Why would I do that? Quarterbacks going to do the same thing. And my my counter to that is like, well, if you're looking for just a good, solid veteran who's kind of, I don't want to say content with where he is, but understands that's what his role is, I'm like, isn't that kind of what Charles Wright is? Yeah. But now you don't have that. You don't have that anymore. Maybe, maybe now that's what maybe that's that's what Cole Lord is. Maybe Cole Lord is that guy. Yeah, the good thing is that um I really don't think the staff would have let Charles Wright leave if uh the Quinn Ewers guy, you know, y'all know him pretty well, the Quinn Ewers guy, if he wasn't they didn't think he was coming back. That's just my two cents. Did you, um, you see Quinn's Instagram where he was over the weekend, by the way? Yeah, hunting. He, he got him a good kill. Looked like man, I don't know. It was it looked like it was double digit points. I couldn't count all of them because my eyesight was a little blurry at the time. But I don't know. I'm I'm from. I, I didn't grow up hunting at all, so yeah. I don't. I didn't either. But I I, dude, I, grew, I grew up in in Florence, Texas, America. I, I got a little bit better feel for it than you do, even though our hunting well, experience is about the same. Quinn Quinn is from Pleasanton, which is like if, if I'm not mistaken. Am I totally tripping here? Is that like maybe bird hunting kind of? Yeah, well, no, you can deer, you go deer hunting Pleasanton. Yeah, you going down to no, South no. Texas? Uh, bird, like bird hunting. Am I okay. am I totally wrong? I might. I have be, no idea I don't what you're know. talking about right now. Are you talking but, about like like yeah, like bird like hunting? hunting yeah, like uh, I don't know doves or whatever. I mean, I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, no, you can dove. Yeah, you can dove hunt. I don't know when dove season is. Uh, okay. that, I don't keep track of when the seasons are, but yeah, got it. But no, is that yeah. where Quinn goes to hunt? Is Pleasanton? No, I just I know that's where he, I read. I remember um, whenever he transferred to Texas, I almost said committed. Whenever he transferred to Texas, he uh, he did a big store with I think it was Texas Monthly or something like that, where he okay. talked about because I didn't know this until then, but he talked about how he lived in Pleasanton outside of San Antonio for a few years, and then okay. His yeah. dad literally picked South Lake Carroll for him to move to because, like, they were producing quarterbacks then. Yes, yeah, and his dad had master playing this whole thing for Quinn from when Quinn was like this tall. Julian so, Lewis's dad did the same thing; it blew my effing mind. So it's like, uh, so basically, Curtis Ewers is like Marv Perinovich, but he's not a raving psycho lunatic that like wouldn't let his kid have cake or Big Macs or anything like that that we know of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the late Marv Marinovich. But you ever seen the Marinovich Project 30 for 30? Jordan? I didn't. But, uh, I read I read uh the book he wrote. Pete, okay. Pete, well, I don't know if he wrote. He probably did it with the author, but I read Todd that where, book. Yeah, it went it went all in on how uh Pete grew up and and uh 
everything like that and him being on his roof and saying aliens come get me or whatever the hell he said and he lost his mind the first time or the second time i don't know yeah by the way you want to know the weirdest todd marinovich facto was when he was in the arena league and he was like on a heroin bender trying to play a game and basically sharded through like three pairs of game pants to where like at halftime the the, the equipment guy was like this is the last pair you got dude so you know it's like all that i guess when you get on a heroin bender and then go play a football game there's some level like fierce toxins that are going to vacate your body so i don't i don't know nothing about that but apparently it happened to todd marinovich in the arena league so there you go yeah daryl that's what we're talking about quinn uh it was mccoy texas i have no idea where the hell mccoy is hey cb i mentioned uh uh jordan mentioned pleasanton that's kind of that's don't you have family from there, CB? Like Crystal City, somewhere down there, South Texas. The CB, if you're still with us, I'd appreciate um, if you could prove that I'm not an idiot and imagining things. I think you've got family. I'm looking up where McCoy, Texas is, Jordan, because I have no freaking clue where yeah. McCoy, Texas is. Man, it just got dark as hell outside in like the last like ten minutes. Oh, McCoy's right down there. It's right, just south of Pleasanton, so it's like far. Yeah, so okay, kind of south, south, south of San Antonio. So there you go. Yeah, um, but no, yeah, it, dude. None of these Crystal City's your mom's hometown. Thank you, CB. I knew you had family ties to that part of the state. Um, so Quinn still hasn't announced the decision yet. Uh, I think Quinn and Jade Barron's kind of the two guys. We're waiting on right now. Jordan, you you heard anything new on Jade or still just a formality? Um, I, I haven't even checked because I assumed it was just a formality. Um, I mean, he – him and Andrew McCluba are like this and have been like this for a long time. Um, and maybe that – maybe that's why he hasn't announced it, but I don't I mean, know, like – I would be very, very surprised if Jade Barron comes back. I would too. I'm just trying to think of like what the the only the only thing I can think of is his draft stock is just not where he thought it would be or would want it to be, and maybe that's why he comes back. Yeah, maybe I don't. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. Everyone in Austin is saying how dark it is outside. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, it's dark as hell in here because usually all my lighting comes from this window I have, like, right there. Um, but most of it's coming off this monitor just because, like, it's dark as hell. Man, it's still sunshine down here in San Marcos. I'm a little further south. Man, I'll tell you what, as Trey San Marvelous. Yeah. Um, Trey, we're, oh, real quick before I get to Trey. Jordan, we got anything on Jamar Caldwell real quick? Uh, I, I didn't know that he had – I just assumed that he had withdrawn from the portal. And then we heard about him visiting, and then it's like not only is he not withdrawn from the portal, but Texas is probably where he ends up at this point. Yeah, so um, my source had, before the portal opened, and told me he was going to enter um, as long as Brian Early isn't retained. Brian Early wasn't retained originally. Like less than an hour after the news broke, he entered the portal. Um, only for about two days later for Houston to be like, oh, hey, we fucked up. We need to hire these coaches back because everyone from the – there was – under the old regime is leaving and no one wants to play for Willie Fritz. So they went and hired Brian Early back and they're like, hey, we 
We didn't mean what we said. We, we want you back. They tried to get Caldwell back. My source of Jamar Caldwell told me that straight up, like, he's going back as long as I release there. It's a done deal. It's happening. Time goes by. I assume he's just withdrawn from the portal. He hasn't. I call, like, hey, what the hell's going on here? Like, I thought he was going back, and it's like, yeah, that's still the plan, but things are being worked out. Like, he still hasn't withdrawn his name. I was like, oh, okay. And I kind of left it at that. Um, and in San Antonio, I wasn't chasing down portal stuff because I was <laughs> driving every day and at practice all day or the combine with, with all Americans. So I couldn't really chase it down a ton. But um, I do know that this past weekend he had visits scheduled for Texas and Oregon. Um, I've yet to confirm if he made it to Texas or Oregon. I haven't tried to confirm it yet, but yeah. Um, I think I think something's happening in in the next few days. You know, classes are starting up soon, so he only has so much time. So because of that, I mean, we sh- we should know in the next few days. But um, Hummer posted on a board, and I was working with him on it last night and talking to my source about it. But um, the potential for Caldwell to return back to Houston and play for early is now completely off the table. Like that's yeah. that's not yeah. happening. And and those at um, those at or in Houston tend to lean towards uh, Texas over Oregon, right? Um, and you know that's that's kind of where we're leaning as well. It's good stuff. Trey, I was going to ask you: Are you an allergy sufferer at all? That's a hard question to answer, Jeff, because I've pinned a lot on allergies over the years, including in the COVID era, where I may very well have had COVID, but I choose to believe it's allergies. It's the whole. Bucky God bolts. I'd never had the flu. I'll never have the flu mantra. Yeah. And hadn't Bucky Bucky get COVID like three times? What's that? Didn't Bucky get COVID like three times? I don't know how many times Bucky had COVID. I only caught it once as far as I know. Again, I've been pinning a lot on allergies since then. But uh, no, I I don't suffer cedar fever like a lot of people do, strangely. I did. And I tell you what, I was, I I almost had to call BK and be like, dude, I I think I'm going to have to wave the white flag on this one today uh went to the doctor this morning though got a steroid shot right in the ass and uh man i feel great i feel like a new person so you're so. this you're this channel's barry bonds for this week then huh? dude i am yeah i'm they told me it was b12 but you know what uh, here's where i can here's where i can vibe with barry bonds i didn't give a fat rat's ass what was in that syringe i'm like i'm tired of feeling like my face is in a vice Shoot me up with whatever you got and send me on my way. And I feel fan fantastic right now compared to the way Justine has dealt with pretty bad allergies since we moved here. Maybe it's because I was exposed to it previously and moved away. So when I came back, it wasn't as bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She, she has just been miserable for much of the last month. She also caught COVID too. Even though she was dealing with allergies initially, she was dealing with allergies and then she caught COVID. Now it's finally starting to get over everything. I didn't, you know, I avoided the Rona uh, and then I went to New York and that's when I got it was in New York in this. That would have been December 20th. Yeah. So last December. Yeah. Uh, I never. Yeah. Was that for the basketball game? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I never, ever tested positive for COVID, but like, I'm pretty sure I've had it at one point or another. Pretty much everybody has at this point. If you haven't, boy, you've, you've led a pretty miserable existence in the last four years. BK, you'll appreciate this. The the day that I was suffering from COVID the worst, it was a Sunday into a Monday. And that was when all the Chris Beard stuff happened. 
<laughs> so imagine me like waking up from literally a fever dream and looking at my phone and seeing like mug shots and I'm like, I'm going back to sleep. That's just weird. <laughs> That's not happening. Yeah. Chris Beard down bad. Boy, was I wrong. Speaking of that New York trip, Jeff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And saying yeah. no more about that. <laughs> we, uh, Jeff, we got to get you to the dish for some BP this week. See how many bombs you can hit with your new steroids. Hey, I still got the video of your last round of BP at the dish. You want me to send that to you? No. Ooh, please send that to me. It's been posted on the internet before. We don't need to bring it back. It's all right. (laughs) That needs to live in perpetuity, BK. It's the only way that thing needs to exist. As a matter of fact, whenever we solicit advertisers on this show, I need you to play that for me. Like, if you still want to advertise with us after watching this video, then you're exactly the kind of business we want being associated with Mm -hmm. Texas Sports Unfiltered. BK has some pretty rotten baseball highlights out there because there's the first pitch. What was that from the Sugarland Skeeters? Yeah, I've thrown two. I threw one for the Express the first time I lived here, and then, yeah, one for the Sugarland Space Cowboys down in Houston. And, um, yeah, neither were good. And both guys that I threw them to either got cut or traded within a week after my first pitch went awry. Don't feel too bad. I threw a dead red strike to Drew Robinson, who then tried to off himself a few years ago but lived through it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's probably a pretty good time for me. To <laughs> the show, so. it's not as dark as the Austin skies, guys. Great Seaboard. job. Today. Yeah, it sounds. It looks like it's hell out there for you guys. It looks like it's heading this way for me. So everybody, yeah, be safe out to there today. Down. Knowing mm-hmm. about our fair bird. All right, see you guys. See ya.